So I got the business to like over a thousand rentals by myself. And then even with a part-time engineer, I got the business to like 3,500-ish rentals um, as the only employee. And I'd say only in the last 12 months have we like really put the pedal to the metal, raised a little outside capital from our customers and some angels um, to get the team up to six people. And now we are moving as fast as possible. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. So a few months ago, my wife Gabby and I were staying at a quintessential beach cottage in San Diego. The home was about a mile from the beach, which was perfect biking distance. There was only one problem. The home didn't come with bikes, and the nearest bike rental shop was fully committed throughout our stay. Now we really wanted bikes, so much so that we actually asked our host if she knew anyone personally that we might be able to rent bikes from. Alas, she did not. But today, I want to introduce you to a company who is solving for this very problem. Meet Mount a platform that enables STR hosts to transform their homes into full-fledged vacation experiences. Mount lets you rent just about anything to your guests. Bikes, scooters, golf carts, kayaks, and even private chefs and masseuses. With the simple scan of a QR code, guests can explore all of the rental amenities that you have to offer. Guests can browse, book, and access anything that you make available to them in a matter of seconds. Mount makes it easy for guests to access anything additional they might need during their stay, and for hosts to increase their revenue per booking. Oh, and if you don't have a bike or a scooter to rent, no problem. Mount can provide one for you. Learn more about how you can earn more via your short-term rental with Mount, or get started by listing your very first amenity at rentmount.com. And if you'd like your first month free, send an email to help at rentmount.com and mention Spontaneous. Again, that's help at rentmount.com. In just a moment, we'll meet Arthur Kolker, founder and CEO of StayFi. Growing up, Arthur thought he wanted to be a politician. He was intrigued by how power and influence could move society forward. After going to school in DC and interning on the Hill, Arthur realized that while he loved following politics, working in it wasn't quite for him. And while he couldn't have known it at the time, this realization was the first major stepping stone in his journey to becoming an entrepreneur and in founding StayFi, a Wi-Fi portal for short-term rentals that allows hosts to capture crucial data from their guests. Now, you're gonna meet Arthur in just a second here, but before you do so, I have a gift for you. Arthur has offered listeners of Behind the Stays 50% off their first three months of StayFi. So if you're inspired by what Arthur and his team are building and want to leverage their tools to grow your STR business, head on over to stayfi.com and use the discount code BTS50, BTS as in Behind the Stays, at checkout to get 50% off the first three months of your subscription. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Arthur. All right, sir, we are live. Welcome to the show, Arthur. How are you doing today, man? 
I'm good. How are you? I am doing I'm doing excellent. It's uh it's only supposed to be 89 degrees in DC today. So this sweltering this this actually feels like a relief compared to like the 96 97 degrees we had a couple weeks ago. So um can't complain. It was a, it was like not like de- totally disgustingly humid when I walked outside. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, fall is just around the corner, right? I know it can't get Yellow. here fast enough, man. I just it just can't. Um, well, dude, thanks for taking some time to to chat. We connected on on Twitter, um, and I'm super pumped to talk about all things StayFi. But to kick us off, one of my favorite questions to ask folks that come on this show is to give them a scenario, right? And this is really just an effort to help people to get to know you a little bit more, a little bit more about how you think. So if I were to crash a a happy hour or a dinner party with you and some of your close as friends, and if I were to ask these folks to to tell me about Arthur, right? What what do you imagine that they might say, and, and is there a story that they might tell about you? Mm, story? I'm not sure about that. Um, I'd say they, you know, I say they uh, say initially I can come off as very reserved, okay, um, a little antisocial, but I'm actually quite talkative and sarcastic, so <laughs> I have a bit of a spicy sense of humor. Uh, that I don't think everyone can handle. So, uh-huh. um, do you yeah. do you like enjoy like comedy? Like, are you somebody that like watches stand up? Mm-hmm. I do, and I I have really more of a thing for female comment huh. comic. Like, I was a huge Joan Rivers fan. Okay, it's, like the most crass, vile humor you can imagine is really floats my boat. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. I I don't know. I really don't like do. I like don't know anything about comedy, and all my buddies are always like making you know r- references to things, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but who who is the um, who is the Asian American woman who does stand up? And I think she Ali was Wong. Ali Wong. Yes, I saw her live, and I thought she was incredible. So that's my that's my one. I haven't seen many comics, but I quote her riff about Sheryl Sandberg all the time. <laughs> yes, dude, I remember that one. Yeah. I don't want to lean in. I want to. Yes, 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 yes. I agree yes. with that one. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, all right, so you're into comedy. Um, so are you, where are you based right now? Are you, you're in New York, is that correct? Yeah, New York City. And have you always lived in New York, or have you been there only for a few years? For my adult life, I'd say. I've lived here the entire time. So coming on 11 years. Coming on 11 years. Jeez, man. What do you think about the city? Are you one of those people that's like, no, hey, like no matter what, screw what COVID has done and people leaving the city, I'm like, I'm all in on the city or like, how, how do you feel about NYC? Yeah, I think it's better than ever. Mm, okay. I think those the days are behind us. So I'm only optimistic about the future for New York. It's funny. I, I feel like I've seen more and this is, you know, probably just like on Twitter and Twitter's a little, you know, bias, uh, at least the people that I, that I, that I tend to follow. Um, it feels like every other city is being like, you know, poo-pooed still. And yet like New York now seems to be like, people are like, no, 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 no. Like that's where the energy is. Like that's where people are moving. Like that's where like the grind is. Like, I feel like, like Miami had a little bit of a moment. Everyone still hates San Francisco, but I feel like I've, I've just seen like more positive things about New York than, than ever before. So I don't know if that's again, just a coincidence or just the people that I follow, but, um, it's funny to see how it's funny to see that like reputation that different cities have coming out of COVID. Yeah, I'd say my big thing is a lot of those other cities like SF, Miami, they're very like single industry dominant, whether mm. it's tech and SF or I don't know, crime in Miami. I don't know what they do down there. Um, but New York is just 
we have so many different things going on that you know one industry faltering doesn't going to bring down the whole city so yeah yeah that's a, that's a keen insight um which yeah makes a lot of sense all right um so i'm curious to hear a little bit more about who you are you know how you think um but first before we kind of dive in there what's the quick like elevator pitch the quick you know shark tank pitch for what stayfi is Stayfi is all about creating independent vacation rental brands. Um, so big issue in the industry that we see it is listing site dependence. So people are totally relying on typically two websites for almost all their bookings. Uh, and we want to build vibrant independent brands that can stand alone. And we have a unique way of doing that. Um, but that's really the focus and mission of our, our business. And where did this um, idea initially originate? Like, have you always had a have you been in the hospitality space? Like, do you enjoy short-term rental? Have you, are you a host or where, where did this idea come from? Yes, yeah, so I actually come from the marketing industry. Okay. So I had a brand in digital marketing consulting business, and I just happened to have some short-term rental clients um, who wanted to build a direct book business and build an independent brand that was separate from Airbnb. Um, and that's really where the whole concept and idea came from is, you know, how do we build technology tools that help our clients achieve that goal? Interesting. Interesting. So you are working at an agency, you have a few clients and then you think, oh, hey, this is a, this is a particularly interesting industry. And you decide, huh, maybe I should go, what, do this full time. Did you think about, did you think about just like starting an agency that's solely focused on STRs or vacation rentals or what? Yeah. I mean, I play with multiple ideas, like both services and product. Yeah. Um, but the clients that I was working with at that time, you know, biggest issue they had was lack of guest data. Because if you go, you know, uh, yeah. hospitality industry as a large, like looking at hotels and that sector, which is hotels and resorts, which is related um, and has a lot of really good parallels. I mean, guest data is the currency of their whole marketing business, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but in our space, we really lack the ability to collect and effectively use that information. Um, and so that's really where our focus, especially starting out was, is how do we help our customers collect information from not just the booker, but the entire guest party and market their brand to that entire group of people. And how are you guys doing that right now? Yeah, so it all really started with one insight or concept, which was introducing a captive Wi-Fi splash page to STRs. So you've used something like this at a hotel, Starbucks, where you log into a branded portal to get on the internet. Sure. Um, and that was a really the seamless entry point for guest data collection because we want to leverage a system that everyone already used. So it's not like you have to go to this special tablet or interact with our special app or do this extra task that's not part of the normal guest journey. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to insert our collection point within the normal guest journey, which is collect, uh, connecting to the Wi-Fi. And then the capture portal is an asset to dis both display the brand and collect the guest information we can leverage for marketing. Um, so we didn't, it didn't start out saying like, I'm going to build a Wi-Fi tool. It was more, how do we solve this problem? And that was the solution that uh, there wasn't really a product in the market that met 
uh, when we started the business. When we uh, when we connected a couple weeks ago and for the first time, I was sharing with you that I've actually used StayFi as a as a guest. My wife and I were you know spent over a year and a half living full time on Airbnb, and there was actually only one encounter where uh, this had happened, but um, it was with. Uh, Amy from All Belonco, who's actually been on this podcast, uh, their kind of collection of homes use uh, StayFi. And what I'll say from a guest perspective, it actually, to me, just elevated the brand. Like, a lo- I think I've heard some people say, oh, but like, you know, y- y- are people going to be like weirded out that you're capturing their data? And it's like, no, like it's it in the same way as you just referenced when I go to Starbucks, right? I throw in my name, my email, whatever to get on to get on uh, Wi-Fi. To me, doing that within the con- and same thing with a hotel, doing that within the context of an STR, to me, just been just told me, oh wow, this operation, like all Belanco, they're just like a more like legit management company. It's kind of how I uh, perceived it, which I'm sure is exactly how yeah, you all hope that guests perceive it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the mind shift on the side of the operator is moving from one of I'm an Airbnb host because if you think you're an Airbnb host, then you're just, you know you're you've subsumed any independence or brand and control airbnb where they control whether you get bookings they control how much percentage of the revenue they're going to take and those things are going to change over time and you have no control over them um so if you take away the mindset that i'm an airbnb host to i'm a short-term rental operator with my own brand um then it's a natural extension of how you want to communicate with guests and get them out of the OTA world where you have little or no control over what's going to happen to your business in the future. So do you guys just to walk it through for for listeners? So I go, I'm a I'm a guest at your short term rental. I go, I click log into the Wi-Fi, and then what? I'm greeted with just like a is it like a splash page or talk to it? Like, do your customers get to customize that splash page? How does that work? Yeah, so you can customize the call it a captive portal or splash page. Okay. Both are pretty common usage. All of that is customizable from the operator standpoint. So you can have logo, imagery, text, what fields you want to collect, and it's customizable at the home level. So if you have five unique properties, you may want to have different splash pages for each one. Hmm. Um, and then you also have a redirect. So where guests are taken after. So if you have a direct booking site, a digital guest guide. Maybe you want to take guests to that information after they log in and you do have that control over the redirect as well. Um, So that way you can make sure every guest is being greeted by your own brand Um, and trying to shift their mindset from I booked an Airbnb to I booked a all Blanco or whatever your brand is, right? And that's yeah. the mind if we want guests to have during the course of this day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also feel like if I remember correctly from Amy's uh, portal after logging in, there was a, a like a coupon or whatever, like an offer that was like, hey, by the way, like if you share this or if you you know tweet us or share on Instagram or something like that, you get like five to ten percent off your next day. Um, which I thought was also just like a pretty cool uh, incentive and a, another sort of like good, you know, marketing follow up, uh, a, a good action to to encourage people to take. Um, and I, I distinctly remember like showing my wife I was like, oh, look, this is like different. Like this, this host actually is interested in building a business, not just, you know, renting out uh, a basement apartment or, or whatever it was. You're a kick ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. 
Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. I, I want to hear a little bit more about you, and then I want to dive into a little bit more about uh, uh, Stay High. But what, like, growing up, what did you want to be? Uh, what did you think you would be? Like, what what held your attention as a kid? Uh, growing up, this may be an odd one. I really wanted to be like a political consultant. Ah. I did like elections, like ran election campaigns i okay. was like very obsessed with politics i mean i still am to some extent follow things very closely but i wanted to be like a james carville paul begala type huh you know, like in the war room running you know because it's very like still data and marketing driven so i yeah. think those interests stay the same uh, i just when i was in college and did some internships in the political world i kind of realized that from a career standpoint, it really wasn't what I wanted to do, but I definitely pursued and was interested in it while I was a kid. Did you have you did you have family members that were in politics or anything like that? No. Yeah. No. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And you you moved to you went to school in DC, is that correct? Yeah. So okay. that's one of the reasons I went to Georgetown in okay. DC is because you know, I interned on the Hill for my Congresswoman. I interned at the State Department. I like worked in Taiwan for the government. So I did a lot wow. of like government oriented things before I decided that I was more interested in uh, building a business or working in the private sector, but I definitely put my toes in the water to test it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting. Um, and Hey, who, who knows, man, who knows we could, uh, 10 years from now, we could be talking and you could be running for public office. Who yeah, knows? I don't know about that, but <laughs> I think, I think I could end up going back into that world later. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I think you might be the first person I've talked to on the show that had those, those aspirations and or those interests. Um, someone has to, right? somebody has to, it's an important role, right? Yeah. You just have to be willing to be hated by like half the people at all times. And so if, yes. if you have that's, tough that's skin, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's great. Man. There are some pretty inflammatory characters in the STR world too, that are <laughs> very polarizing. So, I mean, people, people like, doing that to get attention right yeah so, yeah um, and you know that on twitter too it's the more bomb throwing the more clicks and likes you're gonna get so yeah i see where the incentive structure leads people down that path yeah yeah it's it's crazy i uh i will not share who this is but i had the i didn't meet somebody who on twitter seemed like this very ostracizing um character 
I, I met them in real life and I was just blown away by how like it's all it's all the personality. It's literally a digital personality to build an audience to get following. But like they are the most like chill, relaxed individual in real life that I've ever met. And so it was and I was like I was talking to him. I was like, so are, are you like are you a different person? And and they, this individual is very smart and they said, no, like I just learned pretty early on. Like this is what you got to do to get certain reach. Um, and that's, that's what I do. And it's like, don't you like struggle with like being disingenuous as like an individual? And apparently for, apparently for him, he doesn't, um, I don't know if I could do that, but anyways, it was, it was interesting. Not everyone who's on Twitter in real life is the same. I think that that's the, that's the takeaway. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about stay fine. So where did this idea initially come from? So you're working in marketing, you're working, you have a few clients, right? Who are, um, in the SDR space you become interested in this. It's still, that's still a big leap, like leaving your day job, like going in and, and deciding to kind of go all in on, on an idea and build a business. Those are very difficult things, right? A lot of people have ideas thinking like, oh, like, hey, yes, it'd be cool to go work on more projects like this. And then they start an agency, right? Like I was talking to Conrad O'Connell, who you may know from, mm -hmm. from Build Up Bookings, and he had kind of a similar story. He was working in an agency, had a few SDR clients uh, or, or other clients in the vacation rental space, decided like, oh, hey, I really like this particular client. He goes off, he starts his agency. That seems like a, a very kind of like logical next step. You decide, again, I'm not going to do the agency. I'm going to I'm gonna start with product. Um, how did you, like, to walk us through those moments, how did you come to that decision? And then what did, like, the first, like, 12 months of StayFi look like? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, def I mean, I think it's more about my background. I might explain, like, kind of how I went down that path. But, um, so I had worked for a few venture-backed technology startups okay. um, running their digital marketing um, as well in my career. And I definitely took away a lot from those experiences because they were honestly like not very successful venture-backed businesses. And I definitely saw the positives and negatives of taking large amounts of VC investment and how that constricts founders in terms of what they have to build at what speed and how much market they have to capture in yeah. order to be successful and have a good exit, which is, you know, less than a 1% success rate, right? Um, and so I really took away like an MVP driven approach to building a product where it's better to bootstrap and figure out your product market fit before trying to scale or taking any outside money. Um, so the question for me was, could I build a product with almost no investment hmm. that did the bare minimum to launch with one of my clients, right? Um, and so what I did is found a, basically a Wi-Fi system that would take maybe like five grand to jerry-rig a captive portal and have no, there's no user interface. Like there's, we built one connection to MailChimp to send the data there, but you couldn't even like, there was no like, there was like a database. Huh, yeah, yeah, yeah a splash page we built in html and we were like licensing someone else's software so basically it was like taping together the bare minimum pieces to see if someone would pay for this product right um and that i didn't have to leave my job to do i could do on the side um so really identifying the true mvp minimally viable product launching with that and then iterating and building from there like validating if other people would buy it um and that's kind of the approach that I took for the first year is getting it in the hands. I'd say customer two through 10 were the hardest. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, one was already bought into the concept. And then two for 10, I had to sell with basically, you know, it will do all these things, but like 
there's nothing you really see as opposed to like the end result. Um, and then it kind of like grew slowly for the first 12 months. And then COVID happened, which was a very interesting interlude in the business because customers stopped paying. Um, and we had about like three to five months of like no activity. Hmm. Um, so at that time, I was like, took a major pivot and said, now we need to actually focus on building the product. I invested a little bit of my own personal capital and, you know, with the objective of launching a self-service tool. So basically like any host could come and sign up for StayFi and implement the product and have a real user interface. Um, so it was kind of a complex, not complex, but winding path to turning StayFi into a full-time business. Yeah. And then getting the product to the point where it could actually scale quickly, which took about 12 to 16 months from the idea to conception through COVID to kind of get there. And are you like by yourself at this juncture? Had you brought on like a partner? Like how, like talk to us about like at this COVID hits, people stop using it. You realize, okay, we really got to build this product. Are you, is it just you so or is it somebody else? Solo, solo founder by myself. Okay. So I got the business to like over a thousand rentals by myself nice. and then wow. even with a part-time engineer i got the business to like 3500 ish rentals um as the only employee and i'd say only in the last 12 months have we like really put the pedal to the metal raised a little outside capital from our customers and some angels um uh, to get the team up to six people and now we are moving as fast as possible yeah to build partnerships scale the business and build more features that obviously will help our customers be more successful with the data they collect. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating, man. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a big change, right? Going from solo founder to now like a team of six, like how, how have your, like, how's your day-to-day -day, like changed and evolved? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely moving out of being an individual contributor yeah. to, I'd say working in the business versus on the business is what people talk about. So now it's about building a structure, measurement, uh, understanding what our goals and objectives are, really spearheading more larger kind of partnership and strategic discussions with folks so we can kind of partner with to accelerate our growth and getting less out of the customer support sales grind that I was yeah. doing for the first uh, two years. Um, and so, you know, really having to trust the people I hire to, you know, execute, you know, in their domain and where they're specialists, right? Yeah. So letting go is important thing to do at some point right yeah which we all have to do as we grow important and 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 very tough um so talking to us a little bit more about like the the state of the product so you guys build the product um it's stayfy is really just currently just one just this one product is that correct i'd say there's like four ish products okay that people use us for i say number well we can, I'll just kind of flesh it out. Yeah, please, please. Products. I really are. It's probably a good way of looking at it. Um, I'd say core, core product is still the captive portal that people log in through because that's kind of where everything branches off from. Yep. Um, I'd say ancillary to that is we have really great Wi-Fi management and like occupancy tools. Um, so people can see Wi-Fi working, speed, get occupancy alerts if there's too many guests. And so the Wi-Fi management is not related to marketing, but I think it's an important feature set as people scale their SCR business to yeah. make sure they have consistent internet experience across their properties. And so it's an important area that many customers find valuable. And then the marketing side, we have email and text, which are two kind of first uh, marketing tools within the StayFi platform. So 
initially people would, you know, execute their email campaigns from MailChimp or whatever tool they were using, which you can integrate with. Um, But we wanted to build our own specialized text marketing and email marketing system so that, you know, the templates and types of campaigns people would send would be relevant to their business and kind of built for STRs. And so those are the first two products we built um, internally within StayFi to basically make marketing easier and more effective for our customers. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And speaking of your customers, like who is who are who are your like customer personas? Is it like the host with a couple of properties? Is it the is it like the Amy's of the world where they have a collection of like, you know, 15 to 50 properties or like who who is StayFi's like primary customer segment or or you know top two customer segments? Yeah, I so think top two are kind of like St- Amy, which is like the striver, kind of like building yeah. a brand from a low base. Yeah, just one property. We have like maybe two hundred and fifty one property hosts on the platform today, um, who just want to build an independent business brand with their own, you know, less dependency on OTAs, which is fantastic. And then I'd say we have, you know, scaling property managers. So that would be probably 20 to 500 plus properties that segment um, where, you know, you're going from being like a sole operator to a team, maybe in multiple markets. Um, So we do have people with, you know, hundreds of homes that use the product as well. And of course, then they're collecting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of guest contacts, you know, over the course of using the product and can build, you know, significant amount of revenue out of their, you know, guest database. Yeah, yeah. I it's funny. I I'm curious how you all are thinking through helping guests, excuse me, helping hosts kind of utilize that data well cuz we have a a little product we just launched. It's really uh, like a website widget called Ping and some of our early like users, I think what's hard is you'll see uh, you know, it, it, ping integrates with your Airbnb listing. Someone comes in, Arthur says, Hey, Zach, I want to be notified anytime your place c- becomes available for like a week or more in October, you can sign up. And then if uh, there's a cancellation or if availability becomes available, you know, if something becomes available, you'll instantly get emailed and saying like, Hey, Zach's place is available. Come book it. Right. I think one, one of the challenging things has been people are like getting all these contacts, right? Like they're getting these like interested, uh, guests, but there's no, they're not really doing a ton with that data yet. Like they're not, it, it's not, I guess, super clear, like, all right, well, what, what am I supposed to do? I have like, you know, 20 people that are interested that are kind of like following my property. That's great. Should I reach out to Arthur? Like, should I send him a one-on-one email? Like, so, so we're starting to get these questions from folks. And so I'm curious, like, how are you guys helping, helping hosts uh, do a better job of like, utilizing their data in, in a way that's not like creepy or uh you know uh exploitive at all and and whatnot because uh, i imagine that some people take advantage of this but like how, how are you guys thinking through this stuff yeah i mean i think number one is having the ability to accept direct bookings that's not yeah. a capability that everyone has today yeah. whether it's manually with a contract with your own terms or through a website hopefully through a, like a pms that you're using property management software um That'd be number one. Like that's a baseline, right? Because if you don't have that, there's you can reach out to people all day, but you're just sending them to your Airbnb listing, which is fine, but yeah. it's not going to accrue that much benefit to you. Um, I'd say for us, we kind of recommend people start with automation before they go to like weekly or monthly creation of content. Because yeah. people's yeah. number one and you know most valuable asset is their time. 
Um, and so really having people understand that you can build series of both email and text messages that are sent periodically after a guest logs in to the Wi-Fi um, that will automatically market on your behalf and you don't have to manually intervene. And that we recommend typically is a collection of both branded emails as well as one-to-one -one looking emails that are written from like a first person perspective. Example being like, hey, John, you know, this is Riley. I manage XYZ Cabin. It was so lovely having you. Like, do you know we have our own website where you can book for next year? So if you're interested in booking uh, the cabin for less than what you paid on Airbnb, just email me back. Yeah. And people yeah. just respond to that naturally and it'll just arrive in your inbox after they get the message. Um, so that's kind of how we guide people. And then as your brand grows, maybe you want to do monthly newsletter or kind of tack on additional content that will feature new properties, announcements. But I wouldn't commit to doing like new content creation if you don't have any content to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. Which a lot of people struggle with because they're like, I'm just running this like three cabins and you know, there's not that much going on to talk yeah. about every week. Everyone stayed with us, people just unsubscribe. So it's important to kind of know like what you can commit to and uh doing kind of a basic automation will yield really great results without yeah. having to invest too much time. Then within StayFi, we have different partners. So we don't offer marketing services ourselves, but we have like a great email marketing partner called Switchback, okay. which you can hire for one time or period, like weekly newsletters or monthly if you grow to a large size and need help with that. And they're really email marketing experts in our space. Um, so like one, for instance, you can buy a package for like $9.99 where they'll create a branded template for you that has like a billion different options for emailing as well as setting up your automation post Wi-Fi login for you. So you can, we have all the tools there and services that if you don't want to be involved, yeah. you can hire someone to do it for you, or you can self-service and do it all yourself. So we meet, we try to have all options for hosts and operators, just depending on where their proficiency with marketing is yeah. uh, when they sign up to use our product. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, I feel like that, that there's so many, there's so many opportunities, um, especially if you are committed to building a brand, it's just, yeah, it's always about like, all right, how much time do I actually have to invest in this? And some people are, are doing this full time now, but that's from my experience, at least it's kind of few and far between at least that first guest, that first host persona that you're talking about. Most people have a day job. And even if they are managing three, four five properties on the side, like it's not their number one focus. So they don't have time to start a podcast or start an email yeah. newsletter or something, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. I was talking to, um, uh, Tony, Tony Cappert, I think is his last name from, um, blue maple. Uh, I was telling you about this right before we hopped on, uh, the, the pod. But, uh, one of the things we were wrestling with yesterday was like, I still, I still feel like for your average guest, like for your average guest, right. Who isn't traveling all the time, who like, doesn't have like 10 plus great experiences with STRs, Airbnb or, or Verbo is sort of like that, that, the first place where the booking is going to continue to come from, but really sort of the opportunity lies in, as you just laid out, like how do you get them the second time and, or how do you get them to refer you to their friends and family via your direct booking, um, uh, site. And I feel like there's, there's a lot of ground to make up when it comes to once you're at the place, right? How, how do you brand your place and brand the experience so that I know when I leave that I wasn't staying in Amy's house, right? I was staying in an all Belongco property. And I feel like 
there's a lot of like that that gap right now is pretty is pretty wide and the smartest people in this space right now i think are wrestling with and thinking through how do you how do you close that gap so that zach walks away with that feeling so that next time he's looking for a place to stay in southern virginia he'll google all belongco maybe before he'll even you know look on airbnb and that's that's i feel like the dream i guess this is a long way of saying that i feel like for first time guests it's it's going to be hard to do for a while but if you can snag the repeat guest and or the referral from an existing guest, I feel like that's where like the magic can happen. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, that's really our focus, especially if you're not a large established brand. Like if you go to traditional vacation rental markets in the Gulf Coast or like uh, North Carolina, you know, there are folks that are 90% book direct that have been operating since like the seventies. Right? Yeah, so yeah. they're just in a different league of brand awareness. And if you drive along, like if you go to the golf course of Florida and you drive along, you'll see, you know, five, six vacation rental brands. You'll see their trucks. You'll see their offices. I mean, they are branding everywhere all the time Yeah, uh, because they don't want to become, you know, sucked into being dependent on an OTA because it will like destroy their margins. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, as a marketer, it takes more than one touch point to build brand awareness with the guests during the stay. Um, and the captive portal is obviously. Yeah. So on building a website, it all kind of starts with what PMS you're using, what software, because they all have to get a different approach. Some have WordPress widgets, which then if you know how to build a WordPress website and can get a WordPress template, you can build a great looking site but you need to be a little more technically proficient. Others like Guesty will have a full booking portal, but then you need to maybe build a better looking website in front of it. Yeah. Um, or uh, different approaches are to like hire an agency. Boostly, which is owned by this guy named Mark Simpson, I'd say he's kind of like the lowest price point entry to a custom website. And then there's a bunch of kind of higher end agencies like ICND or Realtek or Atlas, which is owned by Beyond Pricing. Um, and I say some PMSs are more website friendly than others. Like Logify puts a lot of emphasis on their direct booking websites. Others, it's a little more buried in their feature set and their websites have less capabilities. And the Uplisting is another one that has a pretty great website too. Um, so it's like one feature that if you're selecting a PMS, you should definitely consider and look at what's available, especially if you're going to use their software completely and not build anything yourself um and hopefully it's something we see a lot of pmss improve yeah um because but obviously you know other features like connecting to otas are super important or calendars or pricing so there's a lot those folks have to work on accounting software um but hopefully over the next year we'll start seeing some improvements to the direct booking website widgets or white labeled websites that they offer yeah yeah I, I keep waiting to see one that i'm like dang like this is this is it um and i've seen i've seen all the ones that you've mentioned too and yeah there are certainly some that are better than others but um i still feel like like my advice to folks would still be like at least have like a square you know uh website or something that like it looks just a little bit cleaner and minimalist that you can use as a splash page before you redirect folks to your to your booking site um but yeah I think that there's a there's opportunity for someone to come in and develop a real competitive advantage there, especially as a lot of these brands continue to grow. Um, all right, a couple of final questions for you, man. Uh, first and foremost, 
what are some like just like hot takes you have around like the industry as a whole? Like anything that like keeps you up at night or any like contrarian beliefs that you hold pretty strongly? Oh dear. Um, <laughs> well, that's a big question. I think um, building a national STR brand isn't possible. I don't think it works. Um, we know people are trying to do that. Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's very much, unless your business model is completely different, but I'm talking about like traditional management for homeowners. Um, homeowners like relationship is a relationship business. And I think local specialists will always have an advantage over a massive national chain. And yeah. while those chains may raise a lot of money and undercut people on price or acquire folks, they don't have a long-term sustainable advantage that they can leverage over local players that have relationships with homeowners um so pretty bearish on yeah. big national str chains yeah that's a big that's, um, that's a hot take that's a hot take yeah. <laughs> um what else i'm also not i'm pretty bearish on airbnb's long-term competitive advantage mm. i mean obviously their their main advantage is brand they're like kleenex right they have a huge brand advantage but when it comes to um supply like unique supply i don't think they can i don't think they have a sustainable advantage there i think technology will continue to make it easier for people to list on multiple websites and you'll move to more of a a world where there is lower barriers to entry to launching an ota and we will see lots of new competitors enter the space all the time which there already are um, so I think while they have a huge advantage in first time bookers, and that's why they're doing so well and their market share kind of exploded, um, I think over time that advantage will wear away, yeah. uh, both on the supply and demand side. Yeah, yeah. No, I those are those are both great. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what happens and who the next, you know, big recognizable competitor is. Because um, I, I, I don't feel like there's like a third that's like, you know, or I should say, like, like Booking.com. Not in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not in the... Oh, so what's what's an international one? Well, I think Booking.com. Yeah. Much more successful in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think... Uh, I don't know as much about East Asia, but I know there are, like, C-Trip and other brands there yeah. that are pretty competitive. Um, and I think, you know, because channel managers... Like the uptake of channel management software and PMSs is growing all the time. Uh, just the ease to book on multiple websites will just make it so that no one has unique inventory, which yeah. means that anyone's, I mean, that's the real advantage, you know, one platform has over the other is how much inventory they have on it and how much of it is unique. And that advantage will wear away with time. Yeah. I I feel like too, when Airbnb launched their like plus features, right? Like of their like exclusive to Airbnb homes, um you look like you have something to say about that um i mean that's just clearly like i'm trying to gate gate it yeah gate yeah exactly exactly off, right and exactly. i don't think that was super successful yeah you know and that's what i was gonna say is like i felt like i saw it for a while and i, I i've stayed in like several plus homes or whatever um and then i'd say like you know maybe one out of the five that i've stayed at i've been like wow this this really was a totally different unique experience and the other four were like they hired like a you know, better interior designer and it like looked a little bit better, but the experience in and of itself wasn't meaningfully different. So it's, it's funny that you say that because I, I feel like Airbnb plus was the thing they were trying to push for it for a while. And then I just feel like it's like cut back dramatically. Um, and so, yeah, and I, to your, to your earlier point, I do think that they're struggling to figure out like, okay, what is it that we can offer that's truly 
different and truly unique beyond just that we have name brand recognition right now because eventually that you know that that'll dissolve um and or just be a kind of a less competitive advantage as you're saying so uh it's, it's an exciting time to be in this space man um the last question for you is a lot of people that are listening to the show are hosts themselves who you know are like the amy's of the world like they are taking their business seriously they want to build a brand for themselves and then also we've got this kind of growing audience of people who are uh, what I'm calling like STR entrepreneurs or uh, people that are building stuff in and around the the short-term rental space. Um, what what sort of advice do you got for people who are in the industry wanting to build cool things, wanting to solve problems? Um, any kind of quick little words of wisdom that you might drop them um, as as we wrap up here? Yeah, I would just say figure out um, if you're aspiring to build, I'd say a successful STR business, I would say figure out what your brand is. Like Amy has a pretty strong brand. I think it's figuring out kind of what makes you or your properties unique. Like I see great brands built on host stories too. Yeah. So like the property doesn't have to be super special or that interesting. Um, but if the host story is interesting, you know, you're XYZ type of person um, that can make a compelling uh, brand story as well. So just kind of figure out what makes your business different, unique, your property different, unique. What are those special selling points you can differentiate yourself on and then build your brand around that. Um, and that's what's going to build, you know, your proprietary, whether you use a product like Stayfire or not, if you have that built into the experience, you're going to build loyal guests. Yeah. And if you do homeowners, loyal homeowners, and that's how you're going to scale your business to be profitable and successful and profitable being the key one because um, brands are how you can, you know, demand a higher price amongst your loyal followers. So thinking about uh, really investing in that and understanding what makes your business special or different. Wonderful, man. Well, hey, this is a uh, this has been great. Uh, appreciate you taking time to chat. Uh, we'll drop links to your website, your Twitter, all that fun stuff in the show notes as well. So if you want to learn more about Arthur, want to learn more about StayFi, just scroll on down to the show notes and you can make your way over to the website or and or follow him on on Twitter. Thanks so much, man, for your time. This has been great. Thanks, Zach. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.